Welcome to the Tactical Tool Belt Climate Tech Podcast. On this show, we focus on how the real estate industry, the world's single largest emitter of greenhouse gases, can leverage climate tech to become part of the sustainability solution. I'm your host, Greg Smithies. I'm a partner on the climate tech team at Fifth Wall, the largest and most active venture investor in technology for the real estate industry. In this podcast, we'll be joined by people on the front lines, the people inventing, investing in, and deploying the climate tech we'll need to make our homes, offices, and communities more efficient, more sustainable, and ever closer to carbon zero. Today, we are uh, sitting down and having a chat with Aaron Tartakovsky, who is the uh, founder of Epic Clean Tech, a very exciting company working at the intersection of water and real estate. Um, and I think water is one of these areas that maybe a lot of people don't think about when it comes to uh, the climate crisis. Um, but if, if you can remember back into the depths of history before COVID, um, Cape Town, you know, a very large, almost first world style city, almost ran out of water. And uh, on the West Coast of America, we're also seeing uh, strong um, uh, droughts that have been going on for, for many decades. So um, going to chat here with Aaron about why water is important and um, some of the solutions that the real estate industry can uh, can use to protect themselves from water. So Aaron, how about just giving us a couple of minutes here on who you are and how you got to Epic Clean Tech? Sure. Well, thanks for having me. And First things first, well done on my last name. Most people can't get it, so I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so look, uh, a little bit about my background. Uh, born and raised in San Francisco, but lived around the world. Uh, and for, for the purposes of water, one of the informative uh, periods of my life was actually living in the Middle East. Uh, I lived in Israel. Israel being a country that recycles 90% of their wastewater. So that was sort of my first foray into water reuse, into real estate, into sort of regional policies. Uh, and then I actually did a stint in federal politics. So, uh, you know, th one thing that's interesting about our team is, uh, you know, we're, we're working at the intersection, as you said, of water and real estate. Uh, all four of our founding team members are actually from outside of the water wastewater world. So we have a former Soviet rocket scientist, a plant scientist, a nanobiotechnologist, and then myself, who I like to consider a recovering political operative. <laughs> that, that's an incredible team. So maybe uh, uh, sort of educate us, give us the sort of four dummies version on um, what is the problem here? What's what's the issue with water? I mean, I turn on the tap, I get water out. Actually, right now I live on a farm and I get my water from a well. So so maybe this isn't a good, a good example. But yeah, what what is the, the real problem here with water? Yeah, look, you know, I think the, the, the problem with water is, you know, I think we've essentially been doing things the same way for about 200 years. So when it comes to sort of how we design our cities, water and wastewater infrastructure, you know, we've essentially been using the same design principles that were developed really by the Romans and their aqueducts sort of all the way through this, the famous sewers of London and Paris. And today, we move everything from a building into a sewer, then off to a far off treatment plant. So we're basically pumping everything from point A to point B, expending huge amounts of energy to move everything, you know, miles or in some cases, hundreds of miles. And when it comes to water and wastewater, sort of there's essentially three big trends that we're dealing with. The first is aging infrastructure. The fact that in many of our cities, I'm talking about the United States as a start, we have pipes and facilities that were installed anywhere from 30 to 100 years ago. In the case of San Francisco, we have 300 miles of pipe, so 30% of our entire network that was built, you know, essentially by you know, prospectors who came looking for gold a few hundred years ago. 
So there's the aging infrastructure piece. And why that's significant is that we need to pay to repair all of this. There's been decades of deferred maintenance of sort of delaying a lot of these necessary upgrades. And where we in the real estate industry feel that is in the form of water and sewer rates and in the form of sewer connections. So our utilities have to pay for all of this. So and on average in big US cities, we're seeing increases of five to 10% a year on those water and sewer rates. So for a large building, that actually adds up to a pretty significant cost increases. Yeah, and, and maybe get, give us an idea of that. So how big is the opportunity here for a, for a building owner if they can be more intelligent about their, their water use and, um, and the hookups into the sewer systems? Beyond sort of the environmental and sustainability aspects of, of conserving water, uh, it's, it's really just about cost savings. You know, with, with the rise in construction costs, with building becoming more difficult, more people moving into cities, uh, reusing water sort of in a much more comprehensive way is actually an excellent way to reduce costs for these owners and developers. You know, by incorporating on-site reuse like our approach at Epic Clean Tech, uh, we can actually help reuse their water demands by up to 95%. So that is 95% less water that they have to draw from the municipal water supply, as well as, you know, 95% less water that we're going to put back into the sewer. So not only is it actually decreasing the cost for building owners and developers, but it's also uh, decreasing a lot of the strain on the central utilities. You know, I think uh, a really good way to think about this is the same way that distributed energy, whether it's wind or solar, helped to sort of take a lot of strain off the central utilities and we decentralized the energy industry. We're doing the same thing for water and wastewater. We're just about 15 years behind the energy folks, but uh, we're catching up quick. Wow. Okay. So I think you're maybe bearing the lead there. 95% reduction in the water that you pull out of, uh, out of the taps or, or out of the connections, right? A 95% reduction in what's going down the sewer. Okay. That, that sounds like uh, you're a witch. Um, how, how does this technology actually work? Yeah, you know, there's there's no no witchery involved. Actually, it's uh, you know I think that it depends on the building type. You know, a commercial building uh, where most of the water use is actually for non-potable applications, for cooling towers, for toilet flushing, uh, for irrigation. That's when we get up to those ninety-five percent levels. So, you know, basically what what we're doing is we're saying, look, all this water is going to be coming down the building via the pipes. We're coming into these basements, capturing all that water treating it to extremely high standards, and then just pumping it right back into the building. And so for a commercial building, we do get up to those 95% reduction rates. Uh, for a residential building where there is a lot more potable use, so to clarify, we can reuse water right now by regulation for non-potable applications. So for a residential building, we can reuse about 50% of the water. There's some water that we can't recycle by law for drinking, for showering, for cooking, but for everything else, which again, toilet flushing, irrigation, cooling tower makeup, and even laundry, uh, we can recycle that water on site. And in most cases, you know, we're, we're able to return an ROI for our customers, our building owners and developers, uh, you know, in as quick as five years. Okay. So let me maybe put this into other words. It sounds like you're literally installing a sewage treatment plant in the basement of the building. Is, th is that pretty much it? In, uh, yeah. I mean, in, in the simplest terms, yes. You know, I think the one caveat is that you know when people think of sewage, they think of what's going down sort of into our municipal pipes. So it's not just what's coming out of buildings, it's everything washing off the streets. It's pretty nasty stuff. Uh, in the cases of, of our building water, you know, this is just stuff that's coming down from showers, from sinks, from laundry, from toilets. So it's 
you know, we, we like to think that uh, there really is just only one water. Uh, so we don't even really use the term sewage. But yes, we are, we are capturing this water uh, and treating it to right on site. And we actually do something special, which is we, we turn it into three products, uh, which is clean water, which we can recycle back into the building, soil. So basically, we're taking all those organics that would normally go to landfill, and we're actually turning them into amazing soil products that we can then use in and around cities. And then we're also capturing energy. Uh, so this is actually a new thing that we're doing now where we can actually harness all of that heat that's in this water. Because think about it, we put a ton of energy into water via showers, dishwashers, laundry, all this is just sitting in our tank. So we can actually capture that heat and use it to power other uh, elements of the building. So sort of at the end of the day, we're trying to get to a point where our systems are actually going to be energy neutral. So not only are we going to be conserving your water and wastewater rates, saving you hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, especially for large projects, but we're also getting to a point where this is not going to be extra energy uh, sort of on your, on your full energy balance. Okay, got it. But then typically, if, if I think, and, and actually, I'm in the process right now of, uh, of installing a gray water system here, here at my house, um, you know, a house is relatively easy to sort of re, re, uh, rerun the, uh, the pipes and uh, get them all sort of rerouted and stuff. Um, this seems pretty complicated in a, in a big uh, commercial building. So are you guys a retrofit um, solution or only going into new construction? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So the, the, the focus for us is on new construction. And it's on new construction for the reasons that you mentioned. It's not just a matter of having the pipes that can channel recycled water back up into the building, but it's about tanks. You know, I think, I think a lot of people sort of don't have a sense of just how large a 10,000 gallon tank is. You know, we need a tank for the, for the raw water. We need a tank to hold all the recycled water after it's been treated. And that takes up footprint. But the actual sort of core technology that we use takes up a few parking spots. You know, all sort of the to go back to your term, the, the witchery uh, that we're using our technology, uh, that's actually a very small little footprint. And what's fun about what we've designed is it's sort of a very small modular design. So we can get into nine foot basements, but um, retrofits are possible. And we actually did do a retrofit in downtown San Francisco. There's an award-winning uh, building there called the NEMA building. It's 35 stories, 754 residential units. We actually retrofitted into that project, but, uh, much more straightforward and frankly the roi is better for new construction but in certain cases uh, retrofits are possible yeah that's incredible so let me let me maybe summarize this you guys can drive 95 percent reduction in water within the building you can also capture a bunch of the heat out of it so you've got some thermal storage and and other interesting things you can do with that heat um and the capex payback period here is typically typically under five years, right? And you can you can save a large building hundreds of thousands of dollars per year in, in terms of their water bill and their energy bill, right? Yeah, yeah, and and I think what's really exciting now is that more and more cities are actually cropping up with their own incentive programs. San Francisco actually gives grants out to buildings uh, that are doing you know incorporating approaches like ours. Um, so we actually just secured one of our one of our clients, the related companies. We secured them a million dollar grant for one of their projects. Austin, Texas, yesterday uh, announced a grant program for on-site reuse. Los Angeles has programs. New York City has programs, and uh, we only see that sort of increasing in the coming months and years as you know droughts become more pronounced. You know, at the outset, you mentioned Cape Town, sort of what we we call in the industry day zero events, where we literally run out of water, and water will not come out of your tap. Uh, Utilities are sort of thinking now long-term about how do we avoid those situations? How do we create a resilient system so that as the weather patterns become more, more unpredictable, 
and sort of the climate change becomes more intense, how do we plan for that? And one way is to sort is to is to actually have a more of a distributed strategy. And so Epic Clean Tech, we work very tightly with the utilities to basically be an extension of their own operations. So rather than them having to go out and build new pipes, build new facilities, build new capacity, they can basically use us as sort of their uh, you know, they're sort of Navy SEALs that we can deploy to buildings all over a dense urban area. And so it's a win-win for the developer owner. It's a win for the, the utility. And then of course, you know, it's a win for the environment by diversifying water supplies and frankly, you know, reducing the amount of overall energy usage needed for water and wastewater. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm super heartened by this because I think when we look at technologies, and obviously I see a lot of technologies every day, um, it is very rare to see something where you have this sort of um, the amount of impact you can have. You know, most technologies we see uh, an energy savings, for example, of 30 or 40% is typically a massive number, right? Uh, it is very rare that we see technologies that can save 95% of, you know, whatever it is, right? That is That is an incredible number. But then um, being able to see that you have that plus an incredibly good uh, capex payback period plus all of these other tax incentives that can come in um, is very heartening for this technology getting rolled out fast um, and getting into a whole bunch of new builds. Um, so thank you very much for, for spending the time with me. This was fantastic. Um, I think it's really important that people don't just think of climate change as an energy discussion, um, that water is uh, about as key a part of that as, as everything else. And so when you're thinking about climate change, it's energy, it's carbon, it's waste, and it's water, and all those things are combined. Um, so thanks for taking the time, Aaron. This was great. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Fifth Wall's Tactical Tool Belt Climate Tech Podcast. For more on Fifth Wall and our efforts in climate tech, visit our website at fifthwall.com.